baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. On News Radio 930 WBEN, this is Buffalo Means Business, where local businesses and services tell their stories. I'm Randy Bushover. If you have one of those stories to share, send me an email at randy.bushover at intercom.com. From Penn Dixie, we have Dr. Phil Stokes, Executive Director, and Dr. Holly Schreiber, who is Director of Education. Good evening to you both. Thanks for being here. Oh, thank you, thank Randy. You. Well, first off, uh, Dr. Phil, if you don't mind being called Dr. Phil, what is the history of Penn Dixie? Um, that's a great question, Randy. So Pendixie uh, wouldn't exist without the Pendixie Cement Company, uh, even though we're not affiliated with them. They uh, quarried our area um, up until about 1971 or so. Um, Pendixie Cement Company eventually filed for bankruptcy, and they had a series of properties across the U.S. Um, Pennsylvania Dixie was the full name, so you could imagine the geographic range. Um, and they went out of business, left uh, a bunch of uh, wasted land, and for the next uh, 20 or so years, uh, people filled it in with garbage, like illegal dumping. Uh, they came there to party, drink beer, shoot guns, ride four-wheelers. Uh, and believe it or not, there were actually uh, rumors of a couple of bodies that were found out on the property. And so um, uh, this, this was pretty much an eyesore, and um, it was slated for development. Um, and so there was going to be a waste transfer station installed uh, in the former quarry. And a group of people from the community, a group of uh, mostly women who were very adamant about not having waste transfer station in their backyard, uh, came together and they were able to stop that project. Um, and at the same time, there was a group in the science community who recognized the value of Pendixie um, because the quarrying operations had stripped off a lot of the surface layers and left fossil layers exposed uh, that were easily collected. And so um, the two groups merged. Um, 1993, they formed the Hamburg Natural History Society. Uh, and about two years later, um, the Hamburg Natural History Society was able to acquire the land, which was purchased by the town of Hamburg, donated to the society under the conditions that uh, we clean up all the garbage that people had left there, which included cars that had been burned and shot, um, and uh, keep it open for science education. So here we are today. And how is it that Western New York, that particular spot, became such a treasure trove for fossils? It's obviously a story not just from yesterday, but we're talking thousands, millions of years. Yeah, so, so 380 million years ago, um, Western New York and uh, the whole region was under a shallow sea. We would have been in warm tropical waters, uh, kind of maybe like uh, uh, Florida, uh, Florida Keys. And um, basically, those layers got buried, and the continents moved around thanks to plate tectonics. Um, and we ended up right here rather than south of the equator. Um, those rocks are actually continuous through the entire region. It just so happened that the quarrying operations stripped off the layers in Hamburg, and so that's where the rocks were exposed for fossil collecting. And how exactly was it that Pendixie then became a fossil park? Uh, who do we give thanks for, for that? Uh, the, the folks with a vision, um, we had an, a number of founders in our organization who, who saw the value of 
uh, having this this fossil uh, resource, and they they saw that the, there would be a tourism impact, there would be an educational impact, um, and this is something that uh, is is pretty unique as, as far as the the U.S. goes. There's not a lot of places where uh, people can collect fossils at their leisure legally, um, and and you know, are easily accessible. And Dr. Schreiber, don't want to leave you out of uh, the proceedings here. <laughs> What? Who exactly do you cater to? The clientele, I guess, as it were. Well, we cater to all ages, anywhere from you know preschoolers up through the expert collectors of fossils, um, and we you know draw people from all around the world actually, um, and uh, it's it's just a, a great place for everybody, the amateur to more the professional collector to to come and collect fossils. So if I were to come there as someone visiting and perhaps wanting to collect a fossils, walk me through that process. How does that work? So when you arrive on site, you're greeted by our educators, and they will give you a brief history of the area, geologic history, of western New York. And they'll show you the fossils that you're most likely to find on site, and then they will take you down to where the fossils are are, um, most prevalent and give you a quick tour of the site. Make sure you know what you're looking for, um, proper ways to collect fossils, and then they'll leave you to have fun. And they'll check on you throughout the day and make sure you're um, enjoying yourself, understand what you're doing and what you're finding. Yeah, for me, uh, I I have a rough idea what a trilobite is and what it would look like. But for other people, uh, a piece of rock is just a piece of rock. How do you distinguish a piece of rock from an actual fossil? That's a great question. So we always um, suggest, so we give out our fossil identification cards, and it gives you an idea of what these animals that you'll find in our quarry looks look like. And um, we we always suggest looking for um, the really uh, specific shapes and textures of the fossils. A lot are bumpy, you know, trilobites have a very uh, bug-like shape to them that makes them stand out from the rock. Some um, fossils will be black against gray rock makes makes them a little easier to find. Talk to us a little bit about the educational programs and summer camps that you guys offer. Sure. Um, so uh, we are a, a, a great site for school field trips in the area, but when we're talking about our public collecting days, um, we have a variety of programs throughout uh, our season uh, that will help the um, the visitor, the casual visitor, um, understand fossils better and the history of Western New York. For example, a few times throughout summer, we have um, fossil hunting for beginners. So if people are a little intimidated about coming out, that's a great uh, program that we offer a few times through summer where you can um, get a little bit more um, instruction about how to collect fossils, what you're looking for. Um, We also do offer summer day camps for children uh, ages 8 to 13, and we have a variety of different offerings for our camps, um, anywhere from those geared towards um, fossil hunting, of course, but others geared towards astronomy. That's another area that we have a lot of programming um, for. Um, We have a new offering this summer of Space Camp, where it's geared towards rocketry and astronomy. Um, We also have camps that we partner with um, other organizations in the area, like Reinstein Woods, where the day campers spend part of the time at uh, at Penn Dixie and part of the time at these other locations. Talking with Dr. Phil Stokes, who's the executive director of Penn Dixie, and Dr. Holly Schreiber, who's the director of education there. This is Buffalo Means Business on News Radio 930 WBEN. How is it that you guys are funded? That's a great question. So, um, 
About one-third of our funding comes from Erie County. Uh, we thank the taxpayers. Uh, it's uh, very, um, uh, we're very fortunate to, to, to be uh, on the receiving end of a public benefit. So um, about a third is funded by uh, Erie County. We also receive some funding from the town of Hamburg. Um, but really, the, the bulk of our um, revenues are made up of program fees, uh, donations, and memberships that are uh, generated from visitors to Pendixie. So what would long-term goals then for the organization be? To kind of be more self-sufficient or just have more member support? How would that work for you? So we have, I guess, um, you know, probably any nonprofit wants to be um, sustainable in the long term. And so um, we're definitely building our programming. We're increasing our visitors. Uh, we're doing everything we can to expand our revenue streams. Um, long term, we also are planning for an educational facility on site, a uh, permanent building that has things like restrooms um, and offices and educational space um, so that we can welcome visitors year round. And Dr. Schreiber, back to you. I know you were mentioning some of the special events you guys have going on. What about the world's largest fossil dig I see listed here? Oh, well, that might be a, a better question for Dr. Phil, but um, we're planning the world's largest fossil dig, a Guinness attempt. Um, for August 21st. Maybe Dr. Phil can add some more info for that. Yeah, so, you know, I was thinking, okay, how, how can we um, let people know what Pendixie does? And um, if, if you follow Guinness uh, World Records on Facebook, you'll notice there's all sorts of wacky records that are out there. Um, there's one that recently set this week where it was the most number of stuntmen who set themselves on fire. Uh, it, simultaneously, they had to burn for 30 seconds, uh, and then each uh, stuntman who was burning had to have someone uh, with an extinguisher to put them out. Um, I thought that was, you know, hilarious and everything, but um, those sorts of uh, ideas really got me thinking. You know, we have a 54-acre fossil park. Um, we do get a lot of visitors, and we can certainly handle a big crowd. Um, you know, what's one way we can show this off to Western New York? And we decided to apply for the Guinness World Record for the world's largest fossil dig, which will be Saturday, August 25th. And literally, it's the largest number of people to gather together to do exactly that. Yeah. So uh, the Guinness rules, just like the guys who got to set themselves on fire for 30 seconds, um, our, our, uh, there's a lot of rules. And um, our dig has to last for 30 minutes. Uh, everyone who attends must have some sort of tool that they can use for collecting fossils. They have to be actively engaged in collecting fossils. And at the end, um, they have to show us their fossils and prove to a paleontologist uh, or archaeologist, actually, um, that um, they actually have found fossils there. But extinguishers are not necessary. Yeah. Thank <laughs> this will be a very safe event. You know, bring the kids. Uh, hopefully, you know, <laughs> there's no there's no need for uh, safety crews. Right. And if, if, you, if for whatever reason you go there and you don't want to dig, although I can't imagine why you would go to Pendixie and not want to dig at least a little, uh, you do have things like nature trails and birthday parties that you host, that sort of thing? Yes, yep. We do, um, uh, as I mentioned before, we do a monthly astronomy night um, where we have some great uh, dedicated astronomers that run the programs. We also do have birthday parties throughout the season, as well as nature trails that we have programs on throughout the season as well. And uh, it's, it's more than just fossils, too, but obviously that's our main draw. Right. And what about hours and pricing for uh, getting in? So um, currently we're only open on the weekends, um, Saturdays 9 to 5, Sundays uh, 10 to 5, and uh, starting June 11th we will be open daily through Labor Day. So Monday through Saturday 9 to 5 and Sunday 10 to 5. 
And cost for entry change whether you're an adult or a kid? It does. So adult visitors um, are $10 a person. Children are $7 a a child. And then we do have discounts for um, seniors, military, and students. And for people wanting more, there must be a phone number, website, I would imagine. Yeah. So um, all this information is on pendixie.org. Or if you just type pendixie into Google search, we'll be the first one to come up. Um, and you're also welcome to give us a call if you're not into the internet thing uh, at 716-627-4560. All right, that number one more time just so people don't forget. 716-627-4560. Anything else you wanted to toss out there about Penn Dixie? Because I know, as you mentioned, there's a lot going on out there, more than just fossils. Well, I just wanted, um, one thing I forgot to mention was you, you really don't need to be any sort of expert fossil collector. You don't actually even need tools. We say come dig for fossils. They're littering the surface of, of the quarry. Um, so uh, we just ask people not to be intimidated and come out and have a good time and learn about our geologic history of our of our state. Fair enough. Sounds like a fun time and should be uh, one that the whole family could enjoy, too. Well, no, thank you both for coming by. All right. Thank All right, you, thank Randy. You so Dr. Much. Phil Stokes, Executive Director of Penn Dixie, and Dr. Holly Schreiber, who is Director of Education at uh, Penn Dixie. This is Buffalo Means Business on News Radio 930 WBEN. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.